up your dirt bags we are finally back we missed a week uh luke how's it going my brother good brother how are you doing we did miss Not a week too bad that is our first week that we missed you know and yeah shame on us but when we're busy we're busy sorry guys hey we're just trying to drum up some excitement for this episode so it kept them waiting one more week and uh yeah, I'm glad that obviously we could get on and get this episode launched. I mean, it's Friday right now, and uh, we're uh, we're happy to be here. We are so back, as the frat kids would say, so back. What uh, the yeah buddies or what is the yeah buddies? Yeah, the yeah buddies especially say. I actually have a cousin that says that all the time. So back, bro. So back, and he is definitely a yeah buddy. What uh, what do you got? What are you sipping on over there? I have the infamous Bighorn, par for the course. What do you got? Maker's mark. I mean, I feel like we got to change it up. We, uh, we've been kind of par for the course here and not much change. We have either we're drinking or we're not. So it's, I think this is the first time we both drank. Yeah. No, last podcast we did both drink. Never mind. That That's true. But besides that one, it was like months because I was sober for three months and you seem to do snow every single podcast. Yeah. So I couldn't. Well, cheers to numero dos. Yeah. Cheers, man. How, uh, how was the snow season? I mean, is it still going? Is it wrapped up? Is Jeremy putting the stuff away? They haven't put it away yet. We've got possibly two inches showing up here Thursday, Friday. No way, dude. Yeah. Which it's not going to melt or it's not going to, it it will melt. It's not going to stick. The weather's been in the fifties. Frost is all gone. So we're digging finally in the dirt. It's wet as shit, but we're making it work. So hopefully I mean, I'm sure if they do get anything, the glacier guys will just run through everything with their salters and it'll call it good, but hopefully it's done. Yeah. What's that like the, I mean, when did you first get back in the dirt? Like how long ago was that? Like a week ago. It wasn't super long ago. What was the first project back? um, We're doing a couple houses south of Fargo here. We're just getting the residential stuff here kind of taken Part before a lot of the commercial stuff for some reason around us, they don't want to start until end of May, which whatever. I don't know why yeah. we got a lot of schools. Like there's a lot of school additions that we're doing um, things with or to do with schools. So I would assume waiting for those to get done. But even like apartments, we huh. did. Uh, we did get a couple residential developments. I finally got those calls today, but it's just kind of a reluctance of signing contracts right now. And I don't maybe it's just with the times, but you know, I, you're going to be waiting on some shit. I know you wanted to start in May, but your stuff's not going to come till June now. If you right. would have told, told us a month ago, we could have ordered it, but oh, well, you play that game. Yeah, you play that game and I mean, it'll get started when it gets started. So everyone, exactly. kind, of, everyone kind of waits their turn. Yeah, exactly. But no, season's looking strong. I don't know. I've heard a, quite a few mixed reviews from people that, you know, either it's really slow or it's still really busy. For us, mm-hmm. I think it's still really busy. Um, obviously we carry kind of a big range, so I don't know if we'll, I don't want to ever say we'll run out of work and hopefully we never do and we're not bulletproof, but we we've got a pretty solid lineup for the 23, 24 season. We're, you know, ready to hit it. So, yeah. And I mean, how do you prepare for, I don't want to give you some PTSD here because you're still getting snow, but like, Mm -hmm. how do you prepare this year and then heading into like another winter season? up in Fargo like is anything going to change you doing stuff kind of the same way like now that you know what you know I th- well obviously going into like next season when it hits October we have to be up front with our GCs and be like hey this could be a possibility you know like one of them last year we we bid a project early no early October 
85 degrees, still beautiful out, right? We got the project. We didn't start until a week before Halloween. And then that next week we got hit with minus 12. Oh no. So it wasn't good. And you know, the material that we had failed for compaction. So we had to bring all new engineered fill in, you know, and obviously that's, that's just part of, if you guys want this done, we have to do that. If you want to wait till spring, we can, but that wasn't an option. So those are conversations that we'll have to have is weather gets tricky around this time. Be prepared. You know, let's make sure our schedules are on point. If you want to start a project, we got to start it now. Yeah. So let's back up a little bit on that. So you, you start a project, you know, with the GC, like who handles um, the schedule and like when, uh, let's say when it does hit negative 12 and you can't get the work done, is that on you guys? Is that on them? Like who pays for that? Like, how does that part work? See, that's where you kind of have to have an understanding, right? Because in our bid, you know, the bid was set for this start date and say that gets pushed back. That's, I will obviously work with our contractors, right? Hey, we'll do the best we can, but if it's not working, this is going to be plan B. And, you know, usually the owner or the end user is going to have to fork out some money for that unless they want to wait, you know, but then if they wait, then labor materials go up from other trades and it's just kind of a mess. So it's just good to avoid that altogether. But when it does happen, you know, you got to be very upfront with your conversations and you got to make it known we are here to work with you and not against you. For sure. Yeah. And I think, I mean, as you know, too, I think that you want to make their lives a bit easier and because they're dealing with so many other things and moving parts and pieces and deadlines. And it's like, if this one sub just always makes my life easy, gets it done on time, communicates well, pay, you know, or, you know, is uh, upfront, clean, honest. Like, I feel like that goes a long way is working with the GC. Oh, and all of them notice it too. And one thing that we've seen that a lot of them want is kind of like a self-managing contractor. You know, they're tight for what they have for employees. Yeah. So they want to dedicate all of their employee stuff to their stuff. When we're on site, we're on site. We will let you know what our plan is. We will let you know where we are at in perspective of the project scope. We will let you know if we have any issues, but we're not going to let you know about those issues until we have a solution to those issues. So for anyone getting into that commercial side, make sure you can self-manage that project and you'll make that general contracting company way easier. Right. I gotcha. Yeah, so, Sorry. so if somebody, I guess, let's say, um, a, yeah, a, a smaller or commercial job, you know, reaches out to you, it's, it's maybe another school and they say like, how soon can you get started? I mean, what, how does that work? Is that like a year out or is that later summer? Or like, I mean, how do you time that out? So like, if so, like a bid request right now, right? So if people are sending us bids, and they'll usually have like a projected start date to them. You know, a lot I of the see. stuff that we're getting right now is May 15th, May 25th, June 1st, June 7th. You know, mm-hmm. they all kind of fall around that same area. And when we submit the bids and if we do get awarded, we always say, get us a signed contract. Whoever yep. gets us a signed contract will have first, you know, basically spot in line for us to get to you because then we can get everything ordered for you. But if you're going to him and ha, on us a little yeah. bit, somebody will fill that push back. Yeah, you're, you're going to get pushed back, and you know it. It sucks, but it's like, hey, you fuck the dog yeah. in the most polite way, but now you're going to have to wait. Absolutely, yeah. I was just kind of wondering on that because I feel like it's all about the same time, and very I, close. I like it, it usually just doesn't work like that. Like we're not just going to start everyone the same week and get no. it done in the same time. So, uh, but yeah, I think that makes sense. Like until we have the signed contract in our hand and everything's good to go. 
does that include like some type of payment or is that once things are ordered? Um, you can do like on some commercial jobs you can do depending on your contract, but like your mobilization. So everything's done oh, yeah. on like a year or end of month basis. They'll send you what's called like a pay application. Yeah. And then so like that pay application, say you get a job May 15th and your pay application is due May 25th. You can do a mobilization fee basically and encompass some of it is like 10% of your bid, 15% of your bid. And you can bill that right up front to help with some of that overhead. And a lot of people don't know that because they don't read through their contract, but definitely read through your contract. Right. Definitely. So that contract is from you or from the GC? That's from the GC. Yep. It, we uh, can send I them a contract, but our contract doesn't mean shit. It's all about, right. you know, there's negotiable terms with them. You know, if they say, oh, we're going to hold 30% retainage. No. I don't want 30% retaining. Yep. Okay. Or if it's a pay to bond paid, no, I am not going to wait till you get paid for you guys to pay me. I prefer a net 40 once yeah. I send you or a net 30, whatever it might be. So those are all negotiable things. Do you have a, a rule of thumb for like some non-negotiables or some things that like, okay, you know, if some, especially if somebody is in commercial, but they might be only a couple years in and they're somewhat newer, there's some things that you just or maybe red flags or some things that you know you can usually ask for and get? Um, I think it depends on the contractor, right? Um, a good, most contractors have been around for a while and obviously mm -hmm. their contract is going to be more favorable in them just to cover their bases. For sure. Which is, which is fine. You just have to be on the same page of expectations. You have to be on the same page of, you know, what the black and white means and kind of go from there. I don't, I don't want to say there's like a certain non-negotiable, you know, but there are things that can be brought up and talked about, you know, whether yeah. you, it's all on personal preference kind of too. Definitely. So, yeah. And I, I feel like too, you know, it, it depends like if it's your first commercial job or if you've been doing it for 20 years, like you got to learn the bad, right? Yeah. You got to go through the shit to learn what's good. And that's what happened with Cole and I, we got walked over our first yeah. couple of commercial projects and you know, it was, it was fast learning, but now we're like, Nope. Never doing that again. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it, I don't stupid tax or you pay your tuition. I forget what you say, but yeah, you got to pay your tuition. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's and stupid tax. You know, that's <laughs> a good one too. It, it's like the same thing, but it, yeah. uh, yeah, I think you, you do have to go through a lot of that. And I guess, you know, with our conversations with the podcast, with Dirtbags university, like obviously some of the big mistakes that you don't want to make, like we're trying to uncover those for everyone yeah. listening. And it's like, you're still going to make the stupid mistakes and the small things, but really trying to un uncover like the really bad ones where it's like, yeah, you're going to get sued in the next day. Or you're not going to get paid, you know, or you're not going to get paid. And it's yeah, not or terms aren't agreed upon what you, this actually brings into a really good story. I don't mean to cut you off, but oh. so Cole and I with the boring division, right? So we mm -hmm. started up the Western utility side, which is all underground boring. We got hooked up with Midco. And then Midco has a subcontractor. I'm not going to name names because I'm going to bash the shit out of them here. They hit us up with a subcontractor, you know, all fine and dandy. Had a couple phone calls with them. They're like, oh, we're Jesus loving people. We play hard. We work hard. We do everything fun in the sun. Like we're the, we're the greatest fucking company out there. And Cole and I are like, okay, like, sure, Sweet. whatever. Like this is great. Um, and so then we were discussing, you know, payment what they expect for payment and obviously being a third party you're not going to make as much as the prime right sure. there's there's prime and subprime they're a prime we would be a subprime of them 
Um, so we're going through that. We figured out a price and, you know, we knew kind of the pricing after talking with a couple of the people at Midco, they're like, okay, make sure you have this, make sure you have this like travel fees, um, extra linear footage. If you go past, right. Yeah. So these were all questions that Cole and I are kind of like, okay, we need to make sure that these are in our contract in order to do it. Cause it's in the Midco contract. Midco is going to pay you guys for this. You know, if it goes beyond that, we want some of that. We're not just going to be at a set fee for sure. And so literally like probably about a week, we got their contract and first couple of red flags were pricing was different, right? From what we agreed upon over the phone. And we're like, nope, this is different from what we had stated. This is less. Um, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, just a, just a general contract. Sorry. We just forgot to change it, you know? Okay. Yeah. And then the contract what? was, it, it, Cole like went through it with a fine comb and if any legal action was supposed to be taken, we were to go to Wales, Australia to figure it out. No. Yeah, dude, like weird shit. <laughs> yeah. And so we're going through this and we're like, all right, no, this is this is not it. And so Cole obviously is doing most of the emails on this. And he's like, hey, need this, this, this answered, this, this, and this. And they like took offense to it. They're like, you fuckers are asking for more than what we are giving you. And we're like, no, we're not. We're saying don't want to go to Wales. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to go to Wales. But then secondly, there is more that we know, like, say there's a 250 foot maximum for a boar, right? 250 feet. Once you go past that 250 feet, there's a dollar fifty per foot extra charge. Sure. Okay. And that is from said midco contract. And I'm if I'm not supposed to say their name, sorry, but I'm just using that as an example. But then per their contract, they were like, your maximum is whatever it takes to get to the set drop it's like well no if we're boring a thousand feet that ain't happening that's going to take so much more longer we can't charge for that extra and so again back to them taking like offense to all of this the owner called us one day and he was ripping us he's like you fuckers this is terrible way of doing business just going on and Cole and i are like dude we just want our answers or our questions yeah. answered here and so long story short, after that whole rant, both Cole and I are like, we're not working with you guys. Like, this is yeah. way too sketchy. And the final email that kind of did it was, um, I have it pulled up on my phone, but I'm not going to read it all. But basically, he gave him gave us an ultimatum. Like, I have an hour for you on Wednesday. You have to drive eight hours to meet me in order to figure this out. And then you can work with us. And Cole and I are like, a simple no. email will suffice. We yeah. just want these questions answered and they this, wouldn't do it. And so we were just like, fuck you guys. We are not doing that. It's the classic. This could have been an email, you know, it's hundred percent. Like, it could have been an email. And that's where we're like scratching our heads. We're like, we are not in the wrong here. Cause we had another contractor that, you know, push, 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 something changes. You got to fix it. You got to fix it before we're getting any written approval. And so that's why we're kind of like, okay, we're not going to do that on this one. We're going to kind of set our bases to make sure because we know things are going to happen to yeah. where we don't want to come to you with these change and be sitting for a while. And yeah, so obviously I got a little fired up there, but we told that company to fuck right off. And it's a lot easier. And I, I never liked doing contracts because I thought it felt like it was like legal and it just felt yep. kind of weird, but it doesn't have to be like that at all. It's just like, it, it's just a lot easier to go back on somebody's word, if it's written down in a signed contract, you're just like, and yeah, that's I mean, why, and that's why you need them because yeah, there's so exactly. many things that change in the construction industry. 
Exactly. So for, especially for guys just starting out, it's like, you might think it's better just to be the handshake agreement kind of thing, but it helps all parties. If it's just kind of written down and signed, and honestly, like right away, it doesn't have to be anything crazy fancy. It's just like a lot of times, and this isn't really business related, but even if it's in like an email, like written down of like, this is what's expected. And then you confirm and all that, that can even be a lot better than not having it if it's over the phone. Right. So anytime I'm on the phone and we go through numbers, I'm like, let's go through this, you know, in a written document or let me send you an email with the pricing and let me know. Exactly. Because you just, you never know what, what people are going to say and their minds are going to change. And you're like, yeah, that's definitely not on me. No. And you really get, you know, on the topic of contracts, you have to choose your wording carefully, right? Like if you're doing, say you're a landscape company and you're going to do rock removal. Okay. And you look at it and you kind of have a good idea of what it's going to cost. Um, say you thought there was eight inches of rock on that base. Okay. Perfect. I'm going to take that rock out, put a new rock in, but it turns out, say there's 20 inches of rock. Okay. And then you try to charge them for that additional. What are they going to think that? Well, you told me you'd pull all this rock back and replace it for this number, right? right. Then you get it. Then you get into a fight. So kind of do your due diligence is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. And a lot of times too. Yeah. You just, you got kind of got to go through it. Most people are decent people and they're good people and they, they understand, but it takes a few stinkers to understand like, Oh, you can't be too careful and you got to yeah. kind of have it all in writing spelled out to a T because like you said, you guys talked about the numbers, you get the contract, the numbers right. aren't even the same. It's like, right. well, it's like, okay, this is, this is not right. Let's have a conversation about this, but yeah, you just have to be careful. Make sure again, read the contract, go through it, you know, mark things off that you don't agree with and then talk about them, but make sure yeah. you document it. You know? Yeah. I, I think that's a good point too. It's like, you can just like ask about them, just mark it right. and ask about it and get an explanation. I mean, you're not, starting any shit you're not trying to cause an argument you're just like hey just wanted to ask about this 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 and this yep. especially if it's a contract i mean you, you want to go through it before you put your name on it and you sign and if it's you know obviously hundreds of thousands of dollars or more or less you know there's a lot on the line there there is yeah there is so do your due diligence yeah do your due diligence but um, yeah, you also have to go through a little bit to, to learn it. and it seems like that's what you've done and it's changed how you and Cole look through contracts and like it's let's completely just... change how we do business yeah. oh yeah we yeah. we have our red flags up until the contract is signed and we equally you know agree upon it yeah. but other than that we're always looking for something like how how can we change this so it's in you know favor of both parties to make sure it's not more favorable for you how can we make it so it works for everybody yeah but some of them are tougher than others speaking of that um I was talking to uh, a young guy uh, a couple weeks ago and he was a landscaper and he owns his own business. I was like, Oh, right on. And uh, so we jumped on a call and he's owned his business for seven years. I was like, Oh shit. Like you sound kind of young. I was like, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> and we got talking and he's like, he's like, yeah, like, you know, since I've been able, since I've been able to start driving, um, you know, business is really shot up. And I was like, what does that mean? I was like, is that some construction term? I don't know of like driving truck, like driving, like, what do you drive? I'm like, well, I don't get it. And he was 17 years old. And oh, damn. So he, he started literally meant, 10? He, yeah, 10 years old. He literally meant driving a car to the job sites. And 
was like, oh, let's back up here. So you, you started when you're 10 and, but it was really cool because he was so dialed in on so many things. And I was like, dude, this is a perfect example of it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter how old you are, but it's like, if you have the experience and the years of experience doing it, like that'll take you so much further. So I had a lot of respect for him. I mean, he's 17. I'm like, dude, I'm a decade older than you. And yeah. You're crushing and you're, it. You're seven years in business and I'm barely at seven years. Yeah. So it's, I think that was a cool reminder of like, well, for, for one, just if you want to start something, start it now. But then yeah. two, it's like, uh, age is just a number on both sides. If you're too young or you're too old, who cares? Like start building up some experience, build up that wisdom, that knowledge in whatever you're doing. And it'll take you a long way. Do you know, speaking of age is just a number. Do you know who Ray Kroc is? Remember that? Is that in that movie I was supposed to watch? No, it wasn't. Okay. Um, <laughs> secret. If you guys haven't watched the secret, go watch the secret. Uh, Ray Kroc, he started McDonald's. You know how old oh, he was? I, uh, I just watched that. The founder. Yeah. He was 56 when he started. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That dude, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Massive. So if you ever think you're too old to start a company, you're not. Yeah. Or and he, it's actually a pretty fascinating documentary because it's all about systems and time and like, how can we maximize the movements and motions that Efficiency, we're doing? It's crazy. Fish. Efficiency. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was a really I remember I watched that like two years ago and I still remember that movie. Yeah, it kind of reminds me like when you watch that, you're just like in awe. You're like, okay, I'm not running my business like I should. And then <laughs> you question it, it, you're like, oh fuck, maybe uh. <laughs> it, I feel like that was most of us when we were listening to Will on the Dirt yeah. University. We're like, holy shit. And he's like, Yeah, it's just simple formulas in my spreadsheet. And we're like, Yeah, and then his spreadsheet has like 30 different pages with 120 different fucking cells and we're like yeah just simple spreadsheets he's like yeah i just did this on spring break last week and we're like okay <laughs> uh i speaking of will i love will he's such a cool dude i yeah. love um we'll just he'll randomly call me or i'll randomly call him and it'll turn out to be like a two-hour conversation yeah dude that's yeah. awesome i just think yeah it's so funny how yeah he showed up at your your batch party too i i texted um uh, um i texted him to see if he was gonna fly out to to the wedding and I was like, yeah, I should take the helicopter, you know, you should do that. What did he say? Uh, he said, probably not. You're not worth it. Uh, not worth the gas money. Yeah, I figured. I figured whatever. Fair enough. Uh, speak. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but uh, we go and see Dylan. This kind of raised some eyebrows with Riley. So Taylor and I, Taylor White, we're going to see Dylan in Michigan the week of my wedding. Yeah. I fly out, I fly out Monday and I get back Wednesday and Riley's sitting there with her arms crossed. She goes, you're doing what? And I was like, it'll I mean, be really fast. <laughs> dude, I, I, you know, you and I have been friends and business partners for a long time. I'm on Riley's side. I mean, that's, pre that's <laughs> dude, pretty ballsy, every, dude. Everybody else is on Riley's side too. And I'm like, give me something like, come on guys. This will be super dude, fun. What, what are you guys doing? Like big, big thing. Um, Dylan's got a project um, and Taylor and I were just like, we want to go see you. You know, we want to go see what it's all about. I think he was like, I really want to see the eight mile place. And I'm like, I'll stay away from that. I'll stay home. You guys can go get Dude, shot. Your, your mom is going to be like setting up chairs all by herself. And you're going to be in Michigan partying with Taylor and Dylan. Uh, when I get back, I have to set up the chairs. That's oh, the there you go. So I get back in time for that. But yeah, she wasn't very happy when I told her that. 
I can imagine. Hopefully she hasn't listened this far into the podcast. So I she usually taps out at about 30 minutes. So I think we're past that threshold. Okay. And speaking of that, um, I was wondering if we should make our Dirtbags University announcement earlier in the pod because it is gigantic. And I yes. don't I don't want to miss it or let anyone miss it. I agree. I agree. Maybe we can like put this to the front and then rewind and put our conversation past it. I don't know. But we'll figure it out. But the dirt bags you, Luke, this was your doing. So I'll let you announce it. Okay. Thank you. I mean, I'm so stoked for this one. So um, dirt bags university for anyone that doesn't know, it's a little bit different than the podcast. Essentially it's a live webinar where you, you pay 20 bucks, you, everyone signs on it's Monday at seven 30 central time. Everyone grabs a drink and we sit there and we listen to somebody like kind of present to us. And there's a live Q and a session uh, but it's it's private to the people that paid to be there. So Luke and I, you know, we've done this a few times now and just been amazing. Like we had Will Schuler on the last one and he went through all of his spreadsheets, finding our true cost and everyone just got a ton of value from it. This next one. So we've got May 1st, everyone mark your calendars, May 1st, 7.30 PM central time. The link to register will be on the Dirtbags website, which is just dirtbagspodcast.com. Uh, you can also find it in our link tree on our Instagram, like wherever you find our website. The title is going to be How Great Teams Function with a Good Leader. We might rework that a little bit. Yeah. But who else better to bring in to talk about leadership, building your team, building a construction company than Dozer Dave? Dave Turin. Dave, Dave Turin. Dude, that the story of you like running into him, running into him at Con Expo and then being like, hey, be on our webinar. And he was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> it didn't happen like that. But um, dude, I was telling Olivia, my wife, about that today. I was like, Dozer Dave's gonna do it. Like, because yeah, yeah. we just confirmed today. He's like, Yeah, he's he's gonna be on the dirtbags university with all of us dirtbags on there listening to him, Q&A, all that stuff. And I was like, he's like negotiating with Discovery Channel right now. Yeah, they're in contract with. And the coolest thing about that, I bet 80% of the people that are our age in the industry probably grew up watching Gold Rush. 100%. I feel 100%. like it's, it's the perfect, in my opinion, the perfect age where, yeah, we grew up watching, you know, for me, it was Channel 35, the Discovery yep. Channel. And it was always on. And so- yeah, to bump into him at on at Con Expo. And then, you know, we had a really good conversation. He was very respectful, very nice. And maybe I was blabbing a little too much, but I think it worked out. And so it worked out. It worked we're, out. We're, we're doing this one a little different, right? Yep. This one's going to be kind of him, kind of his backstory, little presentation. We don't know how long that'll go quite yet, but then it's all about the Q&A. So we want people to come with good questions kind of sourced around or focused around, you know, team leadership. How can I be a better leader? What can I do for my guys to instill leadership qualities into them? Things like that. Things, yeah. things on what you want to know to develop a team, because I look at what he's done. And obviously in the mining industry, you have to be a stellar fucking team leader. And yeah. then also, you know, everything else that he does too. So hundred percent. And what I'm really excited for, um, you know, cause we were talking to him and kind of how the structural work is, you know, everyone will sign on, you know, get ready to go. And then, you know, Luke and I'll do a little intro of Dave and he'll go through his thing, but it'll probably be, yeah, like 20 to 40 minutes of, of him speaking 
about, you know, this topic and about how you can maximize your team. But then, yeah, Luke, like you mentioned, the really cool part is that we're going heavier on the Q and a, so usually we go about an hour and a half in total. Uh, so Luke, you and I'll have some questions loaded up from people that send them over to us, but also anyone that attends the webinar, you know, they'll be able to put their question in, we'll pull them into the panel. So it'll be like us four in there. They'll get to ask the question, walk through the scenario. And like Dave said, you and I have said it, and most people have said it. We learn best when we can walk through our real life scenarios instead of just listening to somebody talk. And so 100%. that's Make what I'm Absolutely. And that's what I'm really excited for, because not only does it help that one person where we're walking through the numbers, the scenario, their situation, but all the people listening might have something similar to that. And they're like, oh, okay. And they can pick up on certain yep. things that, that they talk about. So, um, yeah, super freaking pumped though. Well, in that topic, I mean, everybody's talking about like building a team, you know, keeping, keeping people on, you know, getting new guys, you know, attracting things like that. So that's a really big topic and you have a really good opportunity to get, in my opinion, a pretty, a pretty big jump ahead from a lot of other yeah. people talking about it. That was another thing him and I talked about is, yeah, not just building the team, but retaining retention. the team. Yeah. yeah. Retention is, is massive because if you, you know, if you bring on three people and you lose two every single month, you might, you might think, Oh, we're growing, but it's like, no, absolutely not. You, if you can retain those three people and you know, your churn rate is maybe one every few months or whatever, um, that you're going to be a lot more successful in, in building your team and building your culture. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm anxious to hear what he has to say on the retention side too, Yeah. because him obviously being in the mining industry, that's probably one of the hardest places to keep somebody retained. Cause you're so remote. Yeah. Your sole job is to do that 12 hours a day. Yeah. that could be. You're away from your family. It's like, yeah. what, you know, it, a lot of people would say like, what good is there, you know, to doing this? And I, yeah, I'm just really, really excited. And he's just such a down to earth guy. And it, it'll be so fun to have him, you know, just talking to all the dirt bags and like really involved in, in what we're doing as well. Yeah. Well, Dave Turin, May 1st, 7:30 central standard time 2023, right? Yep. Nailed it. Wow. Good job. And, uh, yeah, you know, like Luke mentioned, uh, go to our website, register. I think it'll be 20 bucks uh, to register. And then you'll get those email reminders. We won't record it and we won't send it out after. So this isn't a podcast. This isn't something you can access after the fact. It is it's exclusive. The, you, you snooze, you lose model. You have to show up and be there on Monday to get any of the value, any of the information. If you don't, you missed out. So see you on the next one. Yep. See you on the next one. Figure it out. Yep. So Nope. I'm anxious for that. Um, obviously I've already started writing my questions down on that. So you'll have to, I'm going to have to fight people to get me out of the hot seat on those. So yeah, I'll be like, all right, Luke, let somebody else go. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> yeah. Pick me, pick me. Like, all right. Four questions in a row. Luke Payne, what do you got? Yeah, Luke Payne, shut the fuck up. Let somebody else. Right, let's, let's kick him out here. <laughs> but no anxious for that one. So yeah, cool. Um, a couple other things. So I know, uh, we're going to run through you and I were talking before the call here, which I think was, was very interesting. Um, it started out with, uh, you know, talking about leads and bids yep. and also, uh, staying up with them and following up. 
And you and I have both experienced it. And I think a lot of other contractors I talked to have experienced it, but um, essentially what I came down to of writing down, and you had mentioned this as well, is don't be too encompassed by the lead. And I feel like this is very relevant in my business. And also, I mean, with a lot of, with any business, but what do you mean by that? And like, how do you can, how can you relate that to business and just being a business owner and an entrepreneur? So yeah, the, I wish we would have recorded. We always do that. I know. Uh, but like encompassing so yourself in a lead, right? When a lead comes in and say, I'll, I'll give you a scenario that we had. We had a lead come in through our website and it was for demolition. It was for, you know, a big, uh, well, it was multiple, I'll say, uh, multiple trailer houses. There's, Fargo is really big on trailer houses. I don't know why. Um, but all some of them have fallen in because of snow on the roofs or they're just old. Nobody lives in them. And I mean, the bid came out to be like 600 grand is where we were at. I don't know. It's like, it like a whole trailer park. Yeah. Well, it was multiple locations and there was a couple different mobilizations, you know, disconnecting city sewer water, getting all the permits and everything for that. I see. So, it was, I mean, it was a big job. I mean, that would have been, my guess, it probably would have been three to four weeks of yeah. a couple guys on site and it would have kept guys busy, would have loved it, made some good money. Um, and I had asked some questions prior to sending off the email with our estimate and just I'm kind of like, okay, what is your time frame? You know, um, just curious on that because then that can get us a gauge on, you know, when you'd like us to start, basically. This is like three weeks ago. And they're like, we want to start ASAP. Nobody will get back to us. We need numbers. I'm like, okay, mm. perfect. Cool. Um, you know, treat you the best I can. So uh, get that all. And she was really fast on emails right away. And then I sent her the estimate and I know I was aggressive because I know what we tear houses down for. And I know what we were tearing these down for. And it was cheap. Yeah. Um, and so I sent that off, you know, typical email. Here's our bid for so-and-so uh, looking forward to hopefully working with you. Please let me know if you have any questions on these numbers, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And just kind of left it. Um, didn't hear from them for like a week. And so it was on my follow-up. So I was like, okay, well, I'll follow up with them. I followed up with them once. My rule yep. is I will only follow up with the company one time. After that, it's up to them. Because sure. if they want to get a hold of you, they will. And if you spend so much time texting, calling, emailing, you are wasting that time and you kind of look desperate. Yeah. You know, and if you look desperate to a company like that, they're going to be either this person doesn't have enough work and yeah. they're hoping they land this job. They might not be able to take this job if they're looking for this work. Um, and again, just the desperate side of it. You know, nobody likes desperation. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Because when we talked about that, I was like, I have that same, same feeling like in our business. And it's like, you know, some a construction company will reach out to us and say, Luke, we love the podcast. We love what you're doing and we love everything about it. You know, can we jump on a call? And absolutely, we'll go through, you know, the cost of working with us, the website, the SEO, all that ongoing stuff. That sounds awesome. Sounds exactly what I need. And then it's just like, you know, let me talk to my business partner, but let's get started Wednesday, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, all right, sweet. And then, you know, it'll be Thursday and I won't hear anything. And I'll, I'll do a follow-up be like, Hey, still want to do this. And usually it's, it's funny. Like I've had a, a weird string of companies in a row that are doing this. And then I just never hear from them. Like, I mean, it's, it's not my business. It's, it's yeah. your business that we're doing this for. And so I think it's interesting because at the end of the day, you know, we're, you and we we're doing this for you. You know, this is like, yes, it helps our business as far as the revenue keeps us busy, but like, 
you're the ones that, you know, kind of contact you reach out us. To us. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I think there is definitely a point to like knowing your worth and your value of like holding your ground and not looking desperate. And of course, just like, okay, I could either spend all my time following up with this one lead or get 10 more. And yep. if, you know, those shake out and then who knows that lead that ghosted you for months might come back and say, sorry, I was super busy. Was super stressful, but we're ready to go. We're and then go forward. And then okay, you go perfect. forward. I have these lined up. You're gonna have to wait in line. I can get to you at this time. You yeah, know, get that 100%. contract again. Get that signed contract. And then after you get that, then it's hey, I'm sorry, but I can't get to you until this date. Yeah, I, I think that's big too. Is that your business keeps moving forward? And like you said, with the get the signed contract, it's like we're still gonna be here to do it, but timetables have changed. Like 100. We have other projects that we're bringing in, and so. You, you need to, in my opinion, you need to have some sort of urgency in any business. It's got to be, are we doing this or not? Like, and it, they're not kicking the tires for six months, like just falling up all the time. And, and it's, it's different from what I've learned of, you know, always follow up and keep following up, but I don't know. I'm, you just kind of get past that a little bit of like, okay, well they know my number. They know how to contact me if they want to work with us, you know, it's, it's kind of like growing up in business, right? Yeah you see that side to where when you're young and you're really ambitious and you don't want to lose anybody and you want to do everything you possibly can, but there's only, you know, there's only so much that you can do, you know, 30 texts and 25 calls is not going to make that person, you know, get back to you any sooner. Yeah. It almost makes it worse. I mean, I would say it does make it worse. Oh, it definitely makes it worse. It's like a crazy ex-girlfriend that stalks you. Yeah. If she texts you once, you know, you're probably more apt to be like, mm, maybe I should text them back, you know? But right. if they call you 25 times, you're like, fucking block this bitch. Yeah, right. It's like, nobody wants that. And of course, uh, I can't remember exactly how you meant how you worded it, but you basically said, don't burn any bridges, but you don't burn a lead. I can't remember exactly what you said, but. What did I say? It was oh, gold. Yeah, well, but it yeah, was don't burn the lead, right? Yeah. Because, you know, basically burn them out. If you, if you are constantly trying to follow up with them, you're going to burn that lead out. They're probably you know, they're, they're sick of hearing from you. They'll get yeah. to you and they're going to get to you. I think there's a reason they're not reaching back out to you. <laughs> and if you keep reaching out, it's, and it, it seems backwards in business. And I think I'm, I'm trying to be careful when I say that, because there's also businesses out there that, that absolutely need the revenue to pay the bills, to keep the team going. And so there, there is a part of it that is sales of like being top of mind. Yep. Um, but yeah, trying to do that without acting or seeming desperate, I think is, is huge. hundred percent. And I'm sure people see it in business too. Like there's guys, I'll take this for instance, there's people in Fargo that always call us about like insurance stuff or, Hey, I'm a financial advisor, you know, and I'd like to do this for you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested. Well, can I call you in like six months and see if you're interested then? And I'm always like, no, cause I'm <laughs> not going to be interested in six months. If right. I need it, I already probably have somebody that's going to do that. So it's kind of the same thing. Like say your things, you know, leave an impression on them, but then leave it at that because following up so many times is not going to change their mind. Yeah. And I think it almost does more to say that they're confident enough to do that. And they, they're just going to go out and go back and do their thing. Like for you, for example, you're just going to keep doing your thing. You're going to keep yeah. working. You're going to keep building in your community. You're going to keep fundraising. You're going to keep doing all these different things that you do. And you're not going to like lose a step because you didn't get this one project or you keep, you know, following up for this one lead to try and win it. And it's just Correct. like taking you over. 
Correct. And, well, and that's another thing too. Like I know, I know my numbers on that. I know yeah. that our margins are smaller, but I know if somebody's doing it cheaper, they don't know what they're doing. I'm not going to lose sleep over that. If they want to go through that battle, go for they it. Have it. Yeah. You know, that's, I think that's why you try to build up your, you know, you build up your business resume online. You build it up with LinkedIn because then that kind of just shows, I know what I'm doing. The numbers I give you are very well thought out. Yeah. Right. This, this isn't me just putting numbers to it. Like I will, this is the cost breakdown. I'm not making a lot on you, but I will work with you, you know? So, yeah. And, and I, every business knows that or should know that you need to make a profit as a business. 100%. And it's yeah. like that, that's just common knowledge. And, you know, I'd be as even comfortable myself to tell all of our clients, like what our target profit is per client. I mean, it's just, it's, they're just business numbers. It's nothing. Yeah new is nothing crazy and same thing as an excavation company it's like we're not trying to break even on here i mean we're no we're trying business. to make money yeah, yeah. we uh that brings up a funny story so my banker my local business banker here he called me one day and he goes hey we're going to happy hour i want you to meet a couple of these guys perfect yeah we'll go to frank see you there in Done. you know 5 30 um and i knew one of them because i had met him previously and then obviously my banker and then a new guy he actually is fourth generation owner of this general contracting company. And I didn't know that until they kind of started talking. Yeah. Um, and they've been around for like 120 years. So it was really wow. fun to like listen to like their growth. At one point they had over like 300 employees. So like really big company. And now he's like, now we've kind of consolidated down to 40. You know, I was asking him some questions and I'm like, what do you guys mainly focus on? And they kind of fit in the realm of what we target. You know, in the Western North Dakota side, they travel, they can't find anybody that travels. So I kind of started to talk to him a little bit. And he's like, I just, you know, these earthwork guys, I just can't find anybody that I'm willing to, you know, trust. And he's like, how do you, you know, how do you gain relationships? Because I was kind of telling him where we came from, how we started and what we're doing. Yeah. And he's like, from what you've done in a year on the Western side, seems pretty, you know, pretty impressive. How did you do that? And I told him, I said, well, exactly what you just said. You can't find earthwork guys to trust. I will send you my spreadsheets on my bids to where, yeah. you know, where all of our breakdowns are. And he goes, you would do that. And I'm like, yeah, I, sure. I was like, I'm not trying to hide anything from anybody. You know, anybody in business knows that you're trying to make money. So if yeah. you see a profit at the bottom, you know, and you're shocked by it, you shouldn't be. Uh, yeah. It, and it was a really good conversation. Cause he's like, I can't believe anybody would do that. And he goes, well, you know, would you trust me to hold that information? And I was like, I really don't care. You know, you could send right. that to my competitors because we all have different costs and yep. we all have different ways of doing things. We all have different contacts on pricing of material. You know, our machine cost is different. Everybody, you know, has different machines, how it's broken down, what you have in the machines, what you pay your guys, yeah. you know, so it, do it doesn't really matter. Like the end number is the only thing that matters. So if you share that with people, sure, they can model after that. But if they're not running the same way that we are, it's going to be different. Right. I mean, it's like if you have a bigger company and then you have a guy who just has a skid steer and operates yeah. out of his house, it's like, of course, he's going to be able to come in cheaper. Um, but you also come with a lot more structure and um, stability and knowledge yeah. because you've done it for a bit longer. But yeah. obviously, that goes both ways as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and every project is so different. So unless you're doing like production pipe, or something, sure. those numbers are going to be very similar between all companies. You know, it's it's per commercial project that they have different specs. They have different requirements for soils, 
um, you know, different parking lot areas, all of that. So all of that is different per project. So I don't right. care if you look at one for New Salem School and you look at one for Washburn School, they're two different projects and yeah. they're going to be two different numbers and we're going to price them totally different. Yeah. And I think that should give them confidence. It's like, okay, so you're not just trying to beat the next cheapest guy. It's yeah. like, no, I, I'll show you what an actual yeah. bid should look like on your end for your company. And then that's, it kind of is what it is, right? I yeah. mean, it's not like a big negotiating deal. I mean, it, it's, no, it's, it's, it's not. And it that's worked for us. Honestly, there's a company that we've honestly developed a really great relationship with and they just send us stuff now. And yeah. they're basically like, you guys are the contractor. You know, we're not going to, they said that on two projects for us now. And they're like, I don't care, but you guys are going to do it. You know, they know that they're going to, you guys are going to treat us right. They know that our numbers are competitive already based on previous bids and we're not going to screw them. So yeah. that trust has been established and now we just can't break it. it that's huge. I was going to say my first thought is that's how it should be. But mm -hmm. the big thing is, is you can't break that trust nope. because once you do, it's I mean, gone. You're, you're screwed. It's gone. Yeah, it's and gone. It, it should be. Honestly, it should be gone. So it, you got to, yeah, you can't break that trust. You got to keep it going. But once you have that, I mean, it's one of the most valuable things. It's just that trust that you have with a contractor, a business, humans, and that they're just like, yep, here it is. Take care of it. Exactly. And if anybody doesn't think that's true, I dare you to present that information to a general contractor that it actually has pretty good values or morals or you've worked with. And I guarantee you, they'll start to excel you with their projects and say, we want them. I, I almost promise that'll happen. Because if that you can know, happen to us in less than a year, it can happen to anybody that's in business for three years, five years, whatever. Yeah. You know what this just made me think of is it'll also hold you to a higher standard and keep you transparent and true yeah. to your numbers. Because like, what do you have to hide? And really, there shouldn't be anything if you're doing it right. And it made me think of uh, when I was at this septic conference and a lot of guys are super wary yeah, and, oh yeah. about uh, being on uh, social media. And then uh, James with Canadian septic, he's like, if you're not doing anything wrong, like, well, what do you have to worry What's the about? Matter? Yeah. And they're like, well, what if OSHA sees it? He's like, what are you doing wrong that OSHA would care about? And they're like, okay. And so it's, it goes back to that point of like, if you're not doing anything wrong, which you, you shouldn't be anyway. Yeah. That's a great point. Like, send it over, see what happens. And, you know, it, it's something that probably doesn't happen a whole lot in this industry. No. And one thing I learned about OSHA, OSHA knows who you are. They, even if you, even if you don't think that they're on your radar and you're some bum fuck town, they know who you are. Yeah. We, we, it, weird how, again, Cole's relationships and Bismarck are super weird, but so the director of OSHA, not the director of North Dakota OSHA, the director of like the company OSHA he lives in Bismarck. His name is no Tom. Way. Yep. And he is doing our safety plan for us because he met Cole at like church or something. No way. Yeah, dude. So super cool. So it was like really fun talking to him, but we were kind wow. of telling him who we are and things like that. And he goes, I know who you guys are. I know. And we're like, how? And he goes, you don't think that OSHA knows what you're up to, but we know. No way. He's like, yeah, you're going to Michigan on your wedding week. You're like, literally. Yeah. That. And it's, it's weird how they see that, but Cole and I are both like, Oh fuck. Like we didn't know that, but yeah, they know they're, they, and a misconception and people talk about it, but OSHA is there to help you. Yeah. Right? It is a company based on safety. And if you're not being safe, you know, you're putting people at risk. Yeah. It's, it's in my opinion, one of the biggest misconceptions out there. It's like people yeah. are so scared and mad at OSHA. I'm like, well, 
They're literally well, I, there. They're they're, they're there for safe. you. They're there to yeah. protect you. And so, yeah, I mean, we've had Cole and I have had quite a few conversations, and it's just super cool that knowing that they're on your side. And honestly, it takes them a lot to start handing out fines, from what we've learned. Right. Mm. There's a lot of like, hey, we noticed this. Can this get fixed? Or hey, we noticed this has been like that. That needs to get fixed. Don't do that again. You yeah. know, but if you're a repeat offense, or then yeah, then they're gonna crack down on you. Dude, that's that's awesome. I feel like Cole knows everybody. Cole does know fucking everybody. I'm just I'm just Cole's shadow at this point. Yeah. I'll just who are you yeah. again? Yeah, who are you? Cole Anderson? No. Cole's gonna, yeah, he's gonna rebrand the company to anderson excavation that's fine that's totally fine with me because honestly if they know his last name like the connections he has sometimes are so weird there yeah. was there was why well, I, I won't tell that story that was a good one but um uh, the, yeah there's just a lot of stories where i'm like how the fuck did you know that yeah person? we don't have to go into it we don't yeah. want to step on any toes yeah, exactly but but yeah good shit um so we already cranked out an hour an hour but um, do we want to get into the process of bidding or do we want to hold that? I would say let's hold that one for a different yep. topic. Cause that one, I mean, that one can get pretty, pretty involved on how, yeah. cause I'll go through on how we bid. Cause I had, I had some questions here that obviously Luke and I were going to talk about, um, but we just didn't get time, but just questions of like the process of how you bid, um, you know, how do you set up your spreadsheets, things like that. So I'll definitely walk through on how we do everything. Cause I feel like that's pretty good information with people. Yeah. And I definitely think it'd be better doing it on a deep dive in the podcast. Yeah. Um, not just kind of towards the tail end of the, of the show, but yeah. um, definitely want to do that. So, and yeah, let us know if you made it this far and you have anything that you want to add into that in the, yep. you know, in the conversation of bidding, any questions you have, let us know. Cause we can go through it um, probably on one of the next podcasts. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, but I think, uh, I think we wrap it up there because we've got a huge, huge webinar May coming 1st, up. Be there. May 1st, be there. I mean, it's it's going to be so fun, dude. I can't wait. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we put a lot of time and work into it and it's just so fun to see like some of this stuff start to happen. It and is. it's, uh, yeah, it's a really fun spot to be in when, you know, you get to see like some of the fruits of your labor, like some of the hard work paying off. Well, it's fun when people like actually message you and they're like, mm-hmm. Hey, this helped me out a shit ton. And you're yeah. like, hell yeah. Cause it helped me too. I'm glad it helped you as well. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's, it's so awesome. And like, we, I don't know how some people do it, but I had a guy message me today and he just found us today and he typed in excavation on the podcast and found dirt, dirt bags. bags and started on episode one and had like a eight hour drive or something and literally went through like seven podcasts in a row of our episodes. And I was like, dude, you Good know a lot of, I'm like, you know a lot about me right now, don't you? He's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, dude, I'm sorry. I cannot listen to us talk to each other for seven hours. I don't think I could either. I mean, no. I'm glad it's entertaining for some people, but uh, yeah, I think that's, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening, but Luke, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, but I can barely stand myself talk for an hour. No, it, yeah. And it means a ton to have, you know, people actually interested in actually listening. I think that's why you and I come from a place of, we want to help and it, it helps us a ton when we get messages and we get questions that you want to hear on the next uh, podcast. And so we can kind of go through those, but, um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be on May 1st. We'll see everyone on there. If you have any questions on registration, just shoot us a message on Instagram and we'll help you out.
Absolutely. We'll see you guys May 1st. All right. See you, Luke. See you.